you realize that this is how the school sees the students. This is how they want to deal with the students. And you're the one <laughs> who's being given this responsibility to deal with the students in that way. Now, you could be more savvy about it by whatever, develop your skills to do crowd control without direct confrontation. You know, like you can get more skillful at it and make it a little yeah. more, make it easier that way. But still, there's just the brute fact of, of why you're there. The prospect of whatever sentence you get with a class or with a, a yeah. some sort of duty it's depressing and it like it really right. takes a lot out of you it takes right. the the you know, you go into teaching for a reason, and then yeah, sometimes it's the the classroom dynamic is tough and turns you off. But you generally learn how to deal with that if you're committed to right. teaching. But right. then there's these other things that are just like they just pile on. Welcome to the unexamined education. My name is Jonathan Ali. And as always, I'm joined by my friend, Sean Dalrymple. In our conversations, we draw upon our experience as educators to gain insight into the essence of teaching and learning. We hope that our discussions inspire and benefit you, whether you are a teacher, administrator, student, parent, or anyone else that understands the importance of education in the life of the human being. Good morning, Sean. Good morning, John. In the last episode, we talked about our worst students ever. So to any listeners who didn't have a chance to listen to that, I encourage you to. I really enjoyed it. It gave me a chance to revive some memories of those days of teaching when you and I were colleagues at the big public high school where we taught. And it got us thinking and talking about some other events and memories that, that you and I have revisited more than once in the past. And one in particular that, that came to my mind that's kind of related to the you know the discussion of worst students, because a conclusion that we came to in that discussion was about being agents of the institution, about being the ones who have to interact with the students and control them and, and things like that, that create a certain dysfunctional relationship. Yeah, the, the agent... Whether or not we were acting as agents of the institution changed our perspective on who were the worst students. Right, <laughs> right exactly, yeah. exactly. And one thing that, that you and I you know, experienced together, and, and for some reason this memory has a lot of prominence for me, and I, I think for you, I don't want to overstate how much prominence it has for you, but, but for me it was something really significant about it. And so we want to just talk about that, this kind of the story of, of that experience at that school today, because we also think that there's some issues surrounding that and some insights that we can gain from from looking at that at that situation. <laughs> you've, you, you've built this up with your vagaries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it's it's not going to yeah. be that exciting. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. You know, it, it, it was impactful. Be, though. I don't it was know. Impactful to us. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. For me, it really encapsulates a lot of things. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not afraid of building it up. You know, okay. you might be All Sean, right. but that's that's your thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's this is the yeah. This was a, a defining moment for me in public schools, and I'm not just saying that to build it up. However, right. <laughs> <laughs> for the listener, through, yeah, 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 the listener, this not this might not be a thriller yeah. for the listener. <laughs> yeah, it might not be. Yeah, so a I don't. Mean, and and right. like for me, there's like. It's funny. It's sort of this this category of things that happened where you know you're like in these intense emotional situations with kids, and and that's that makes it difficult sometimes to <laughs> decide to continue teaching <laughs> when when things fall apart. But this is not one of those things. This is like a this was a system failure kind of thing where it's I, I think it's kind of hilarious now but uh, yeah yeah but it was yeah very impactful at the time right yeah it, and it's also interesting and we'll, we'll this will be the last of the vagaries before we start talking specifics <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting in its banality you know really and it's like right right <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's what makes it to me so interesting. It's it's such a like kind of trivial everyday kind of situation and experience, but at the same time it you can see so much, you know, you can understand right. so much from it. Yeah. Right. And and most importantly this is a chance for us to finally assert 12 years after the fact that we were, in fact, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is our redemption. Yeah. And this is, because yes. it ends and, It ends really in a, in a kind of a humiliation for us back right, then. Right, yes. And, <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's why it sticks with me is because of the, the uh, blow to my pride and ego. Right, right. You, you sit there and you look back on things. And, I mean, I, I think anytime you leave a school, if, you, if you're a committed teacher and you really like a school and you leave a school you sit there and you look back and you have time to look back on it and so for me it's been 12 years since 11 yeah 11 to 12 years since I left that school and I look back and there's there's definitely significant moments where I'm like yeah I, I 
I, I know why I left. I couldn't keep doing that. And this is one yeah. of those ones that was like, oh, it doesn't hit me. But when we talk about it, yeah, it sort of set a background, a uh, background right. tone to the whole year. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah, for me, it's it's a moment where I could feel distinctly that I'm like, you know, we've been using the phrase an agent of the institution. Right. And I'm and my activities, my ideas and the things that I want to do are bound by that. Right. Okay, so what are we talking about, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about pep rallies, John. Pep rallies, yes. <laughs> uh, so this was a particular academic year, right? And this is a public school in Texas. And of course, in Texas high schools, football is one of the biggest things. And in the fall semester, just about every week on Fridays, there's a pep rally before the right. football game on, on Saturday. Right. And uh, so or it's Friday a night. natural rhythm. <laughs> or Friday night. I'm, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Exposed my ignorance there. <laughs> we'll Friday night out. lights, man. <laughs> Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a pep rally. And it's, it's a part of the rhythm of the school year for that pretty much the first half of, of the school year. So this all started with the professional development before the school year began. So all the teachers gather for lots of boring sessions <laughs> to, to be told how yeah. to teach and all that. Yeah. But also part of that is is our our principal gave some inspiring, you know, kind of words to begin the school year with every year. And this year, one of his presentations, and he's pretty good at this, by the he's way. He's very he's good at it. He, he, yeah, yes, very he good was, at it. Yeah. Any presentations <laughs> that we went to where he was running it was far superior to the yes. to the mandated stuff. Right. And this one was about touch points. Right. Which I guess is a common concept in sales and customer service. But in, in the school, he was applying it to the school in the sense that we as the staff, as the teachers and the faculty, there were certain opportunities that we had to strengthen the relationship with the students, uh, maybe even the parents, etc. And that we shouldn't look at these interactions as just the superficial purpose of the interaction, but we should see that there's a, a meta level to this that is building that relationship. And that this relationship that's built through these touch points has a significant impact on the success of the school. Right. Yeah. It creates a background tone <laughs> yeah. to, to all interactions. Right. And I don't remember like some exact examples that he gave of how teachers, you know, need to do this, but a lot of them, it would be just the sort of everyday kind of interactions, maybe outside of the classroom as well, right. which I think was an emphasis of this is that, you know, when you're walking down the hallway or you see your students or between classes, right. those kinds well, of things to try to, yeah. Yeah. Every year there was always a, a push to make sure you go outside the classroom in between classes. And this right. was, I think, the latest iteration of how to justify that that was a good idea. I mean, it's w along with other practices. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm totally on board with that. I was always yeah. very good about standing outside of my classroom between classes. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I was on the vanguard of this effort. I didn't need any direction. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. We talked about two things, the touch points and the pep rallies, right? And, and we so, and we bought in. Like I, I think we we thought this was great. You know, let's talk about yeah, it. I, let's talk about yeah. touch points we can have. Right. And it was refreshing because normally the strategic talk at the beginning of the year is about test scores or right. continually improving our classroom processes, you know, or, and data. Or here's, yeah, or here's the, the disciplinary action protocols. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. First, you do this, yes. and you do, and this was like a positive. You know, it was a it was an optimistic approach. Right. Yeah. So, like another thing that that would happen, I think by this time had happened uh, for a few years for me. I don't know if for you. Uh, I, I know this wasn't the first year that this happened, but we were assigned during the pep rally. Some teachers received assignments where they had to stand in the bleacher area where this all the students would be sitting as a well, kind of sentry. Right. Can I crowd yeah, control? Can, yeah. Can we paint the picture of what the pep probably looks like yes before, can you, would you go I mean, and do that <laughs> i mean i don't i don't know if you have some build-up to this but no I feel like no I yeah no i, I want to give the student circumstance before we explain this teacher circumstance right yeah so in the school you did not have to go to the pep rally but most students went to the pep rally easily yeah they were all going into the gymnasium this is over a thousand students for sure going into the gymnasium, packing the stands, right? And there's this, right. the one side that's on the floor court side uh, of the basketball court uh, is pretty much reserved for the band and student groups that have some business with the pep rally. You know, yeah. they, they play a significant role in it. In the performance. Teams, yeah. it, right. 
or, or in the performances. So, and then the other half, which is up, there's like a wall on the other side of the gymnasium and then you go up like 15 feet and then you hit the bleachers and those are just packed with everyone who's only there to get excited about the football game or whatever, right. you know, we're, we're pep rallying for. And wasn't it like the seniors, seniors were on one side of the... Well, yeah, and seniors were, seniors could be on court side. Yeah, seniors were also allowed to be down on court side. Uh, but the bleachers so, were, were segregated, I think, right, by class. Right, yeah. right. Well, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. You're you're right. There there was that there was that going on too. You have sophomores right. and juniors up in the high stands and then seniors. And so you basically had the band and the most responsible students all down on court side so that they were they could just sit there and enjoy the pep rally. And then you yeah. had the sophomores and juniors on the on the high side. The home side. Yeah. 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 It's the <laughs> and <laughs> And there's two entrances on either side, but like on either side, two big entrances. And so everyone floods in and they pack the stands and there's general, this, this general chaos at the beginning until, right. you know, the band kicks up and gets going. And, but, and so all the teachers are like notably in the back of all the students coming in because <laughs> they're way less excited about pep rallies, I think, than students. <laughs> yeah. And so the teachers sort of get all the students in and then they just kind of stop at the entrances and they don't go into right. the bleachers. They just stop in the, in the big doorway. And so you'd see, and remember we're like school with over a hundred teachers. And so <laughs> you've got these, <laughs> yeah. these big wide entrances on either side of the bleachers that are filled up with like just these teacher crowds. Right. And what, what, you know, doesn't seem to be very comfortable or right. You're just you standing know, advantageous. <laughs> yeah. A place to be right. It's, you can't, it's not you can comfortable. Hardly you don't see. have a good view. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's really no, it, there, there's no like good reason to be there. Right. Like if you just if you just think of this as a gathering and, you know, a place where normally people would want to be able to see, they would want to have a nice seat. It doesn't really make sense to, to gather right. where the teachers would typically gather, which to me indicates some tension. There's something wrong here. Right. Right. And, and I always right. kind of felt like it was just me <laughs> because <laughs> I, I've always felt there was a, always a sense of dread for me on pep rally days for lots of reasons. But but the main reason is that it's when we intentionally do something, you know, as a school that that seems to go directly against what we normally want from the students, right? What we normally expect from the students is we're intentionally doing something to get them riled up, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And, you know, you would feel it like in, even in your classroom, pep rally days, you didn't expect for the students to be to be focused. If you had a class that, you know, if immediately after the pep rally, the students would come directly to your class and you were supposed to start class, that made it a bit you know more challenging to do that. And football players would be where, you know, there were a lot of signs, invisible signs of the fact that this was a different day. Right. And, right. and there was yeah. excitement and everything. And then in the, the gym itself during the pep rally, this was like the most potent manifestation of that where, you know, the band and the cheerleaders and the step team and the improv group, you know, are doing all these right. things, right. right, to rile up the students and get them excited, uh, get them to yell and get them to, you know, to cheer. And so I always felt... And, and let me just point out, we had we had a special schedule. So Pep Rally was the second to last thing that happened in the day. So you... So we had one more class period after. A lot of schools do pep rallies before uh, before school starts, and so really only the yeah. driven, excited people for pep rally show up. But we had yeah. a special schedule, <laughs> and right. so you'd go through whatever four periods of the day, and then right. pep rally, and then you'd have a fifth period. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So actually, as a teacher, you could volunteer to be to have a holding class during the pep rally. Right. Where you don't go to the pep rally, you just stay in your classroom, and then students who don't want to attend the pep pep rally can come to your classroom and sit there and be watched until <laughs> until the pep rally is over. And I did that plenty of times. In fact, you know, now that I, my memory on this isn't exactly clear, but I think I did that up until I got assigned to stand in the bleachers. Yeah, <laughs> which we should get to. How did that yeah. happen, John? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they they will rue the day. <laughs> <laughs> if these authorities are listening now, they're about to rue the day that they uh, came up with this idea. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, although I think that the, uh, the likelihood of them listening to this podcast is yes, I think pretty it's low. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. And, and hopefully yeah. they And that's not a commentary it. on how few listeners that we have. That's meaning just it's not the kind of thing that they'd be interested in. Which, by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, please connect with us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> Our Twitter handle is at unexamined ed. Yeah, basically. And also subscribe to our, you know, or follow it, whatever the podcast player that you're using, be sure to subscribe. All right. That was a good, you know. Yeah, subtle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks. Yeah. So, okay. Basically, so you have, you have all these, especially in the sophomore and, and junior side, like we mentioned, they're on, you know, packed into the bigger side of the, of the gymnasium and those stands, those bleachers. And so I guess... You know, someone realized that there's going to be need to be some crowd control, and because all the teachers are gathered in that mass down there, that useless mass in terms of crowd control, right? Some teachers need to be forced to be in the bleachers with the students. Yeah, and uh, so they had a system of where they would just let you know, you know, you've been assigned. This is your one of your extra duties for the year is during the the prep pep rally. You're going to be in the bleachers. I received a map, you know, that showed my position in the bleachers, and you know, I was just expected to report. <laughs> Report to that position, right? Yeah. So for me, this was probably, I had more dread, you know, because like I said, I didn't even want to be at the pep rally. Just the idea of the pep rally itself was already bad enough for me. And then, so then the idea, now I'm responsible for crowd control at the pep rally was just (laughs) that much worse. So yeah, and it it was pretty bad. Like it was really stressful. I wouldn't say bad, like nothing bad ever happened, but it was stressful because you have, I I thought, okay, I should be there. And maybe I received instructions that I should be there before the students arrive. So I would, I would get there early and I would get to my place in the in the bleachers on I would stand on the steps and I would just stand there as the students filed in and they you know because you also had to direct them you know you had to say keep moving keep moving because you wanted to fill up right. the upper upper rows first uh, just to you know make it easier or whatever so that was one job is to just keep motioning your hand and like if some kids sat down too too soon <laughs> like in a lower row you're supposed to tell them hey you know keep going up so right. this was the you know this was part of the job and then once everyone was seated, you know, you're just there to keep an eye on people, make sure no one's, no crimes are being committed, basically. Yeah. So that was the job. It was a policing job, basically. Right. And I think there was like, I think, <laughs> well, and the, maybe there were four teachers in the stands, sentries yeah. on the, on, on that side and two on the yeah. court side. And, and if you got assigned to the court side, there's like, it was, a, it was not even a job. Yeah. That's just where you were supposed to stand. And I don't. Right. even remember any chance of like elevating to that position you know i was sitting in my classroom <laughs> <laughs> sitting in my classroom before school started you know trying to prep things and the ap walks in and he tells me i've got this job now and i remember thinking like i need to really lock my door <laughs> when i'm in there because yeah. <laughs> I, I i feel like it would have been like uh, doors locked move to the next one you know it's <laughs> right it, it was. Uh, no, I'm sure really, they had your name written down. Well, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but but also it would have taken like uh, an effort to find me if I knew sure, that they right, were. Right. If they were yeah. on to me, I could I could have hidden in that <laughs> giant school. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So so I got assigned, and immediately the tone of my year changed, and. <laughs> <laughs> I was really annoyed. And this is this is a year before the touchpoint speech. So I'd gone through a year of pep rally century duty. Yeah. And I remember thinking like there's so many times where because we came to, to that school in our early and mid twenties, there's so many yeah. times where I was pretty self conscious about am I distinct enough of a like human being to be right to be considered an enforcer. Like I am right. I am maybe the average height of of the high school kid at the school, of the high <laughs> right. school male at that school. Right. You know, there are yeah. some gigantic kids, right? And so, yeah. and you sit there and you look at these APs and the principal, and uh, and then while the principal wasn't like an overbearing guy, he, he had a big personality, and then all I had was like a bald spot forming. And, but otherwise, <laughs> I think, I think you put it best is it's like someone could have mistaken uh, us for just like uh, well-dressed students who maybe had a presentation that day. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. And so it's always pretty and self-conscious he's get points, about get that. points for having his, sh- his shirt tucked in. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, 
Yeah, and so I was like really self-conscious about that already because, you know, and all the older people are like more than happy to point that out all the time. You know, <laughs> right, for like yeah. years yeah. running, it's it's a source of amusement for some people. It's like, right, wow, yeah. you look like one of the students. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the students themselves would point it out to me all the time, like, like, especially when I'm when I was trying to enforce rules. Uh, right. So right. like if I, if I were if, if I'm in the hallway and I see some students up to up to no good, you know, then I would go up, you know, up to them and say, hey, you know, go to class or whatever. And this happened to me more than once where I would walk up to a group of students and they don't notice me. Right. And I say something like, hey, you guys need to go to class. And they would turn and look at me and it would take them like a few moments for it to register that I was a teacher. Right. right? <laughs> and they would say, they would say, like, and they would, you know, just sincerely say, oh, we thought you were a student, you know, and then <laughs> I was like, great. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So that that reality was definitely there. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I, I wanted to tell of this experience just to give a more sense of, of like the anxiety that I, I felt and also the, the kind of sense of chaos that these pep rallies caused, which was this. I don't think this was the touch points year. This was probably the year before that. But I'm pretty sure you and I both had sentry duty during the pep rally. Yeah. And this this was after the pep rally. And so we were leaving together. So uh, so we could commiserate, you know, like so <laughs> like because we would have to also stay there until all the the students left and then so we were walking yeah because all the teachers our... were at the exits and they were like back to their classroom i mean i used to be one of them I was, yeah <laughs> before i was assigned <laughs> to be in the stands man it was yeah. like bolt like a rocket back to your classroom and enjoy like <laughs> right. two or three minutes of relative silence until, until right they start yeah coming and in also the benefit period. of not having to police the hallways right yeah during that time yeah 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 which this was what <laughs> this experience is related to because we were walking back, and I was telling you about this earlier, but I, I think you don't remember it, it exactly. But we were walking together. We were just talking, probably complaining about you know, <laughs> the job that we had to do. And there was there was a kid walking in front of us, and this other kid came up from behind us, and he kind of ran up, and he jumped on that uh, student's back in a way, you know, like like really put all of his weight on his shoulders and on his back in a way where that that student kind of fell onto the floor. He lost his balance and they both fell onto the floor and like they're both kind of sprawled out. <laughs> right. And then uh, <laughs> so like totally predictable student behavior after. Right. <laughs> after getting yeah. wound up by the band yeah. and the cheerleaders and like <laughs> totally. Predictable, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was I was the type who I didn't embrace the fact that I was supposed to be an enforcer as a teacher. But at the same time, it was something I couldn't ignore. Right. Like like I felt a responsibility to fulfill this part of my of my duty. And so when I saw this happen, you know, what was flashing through my mind was, OK, this is a hallway full of students who have been all wound up and excited. Now, this chaotic thing happened. If no one and, you know, you and I are right there, right behind them. <laughs> right. And right. I was thinking, if we don't say anything or do anything, then it's going to give the signal that it's, you know, you can just do whatever you want. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the calculation that was going through my mind, flashed through my mind. So I went into police mode and I, you know, I said something. To, I don't remember what, but I was like, hey, stop, you know, or whatever. Come here or whatever. Right. Just trying to get control over over that student who jumped on the other student's back. And by the way, they were both laughing. It was clear, like no one was right. hurt, you know, or right. anything. There was no real problem. But that guy, you know, the one who jumped on the other kid's back, he started, I don't know if he started running, but he, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he he went away from me really quickly. He, he fled. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it was flat out running or not, I don't remember, but he, <laughs> he fled, you know, so I, I started going after him, <laughs> you know, but I have too much self-consciousness to run <laughs> as right. a teacher but, in, in a but, hallway but the, in the school. The, the switch had been flipped and, and you, you yeah. got into, I'm, I'm going to assert my authority here. Right, right. So I started following him in this sort of like, you know, zombie way where, you know, with slowly but with determination showing that I'm not going to give up, you know, because <laughs> I wasn't going to run after the kid but at the same time. <laughs> but he was gone. Like I didn't I couldn't even see him anymore. But I saw the direction he went in. And but, you know, all my, my adrenaline was pumping like this was a really like a, a tense and exciting situation for me in a negative way. And I finally basically found him. He was like at the bus circle outside right by the right next to the building and but then when i found him it's like what am i going to do now right, right. like apprehend him <laughs> you know <laughs> put the handcuffs on him and you know drag him to the office like you know <laughs> so, so and then i was faced with this problem too so i just used the only tool i had which was i tried to make him feel bad <laughs> you know right uh, and like i think I, I tried to get his name
name and stuff, but he wouldn't tell me. And so I was just like, you know, I tried to verbally indicate that, you know, he's going to get in trouble, right? Like he shouldn't right. run from me and, you know, whatever. So anyway, then I ended up going to the office and telling the assistant principal who the assistant principal, I think he looked at the camera or he did something and he knew who it was. So, and, and he, then I felt bad after that because he also mentioned that, oh, this kid is not in the general population of students. He's kind of what we would refer to as like special ed or he's in, you know, has some kind of learning difference or, or developmental difference or something like that. And But he immediately he immediately went to the cameras and pulled up the footage? I think so. It must, I, I don't remember exactly, <laughs> but but yeah, like something like that where he knew for sure who it was, right? Wow. But then I just felt like, yeah, like this kid already behaviorally, he's not expected, you know, like there's not an expectation that, that his behavior be like, uh, you know, the, the rest of the students. Right. But there was no way for me to, to know that or be aware of that in that situation. I, just, I was just like this enforcer who had to enforce these things. If I had known that, I, you know, I might have reacted differently. But anyway, it just, it made me feel like, like I overreacted somehow. Even, you know, I kind of felt that way anyway. But at the same right. time, I didn't know what was a proper reaction to that because I felt the, that it was my responsibility to enforce order. Right. Right. And, and that there should be consequences to that kind of behavior. Yeah. Or else, you know, who knows, you know, or else we're on the, you know, slippery road to, you know, pandemonium <laughs> and chaos in, right. The, right. in the school. But anyway, this is, yeah, a long story to just kind of give that picture of how much tension and conflict, you know, internal conflict <laughs> there could be for a teacher to be put in this situation uh, dealing with, with a pep rally day. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this also brings up images that I think are just important to public school. Like when you tell me this story, and I know you think it happened in main hallway, but if I have a memory of it, it happened in the cage hallway. And <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> it wasn't called the cage hallway, but right. <laughs> uh, but it, it this jogs my memory about how the how public schools are often set up because we had these when I was in school too. But these uh, floor to ceiling like fourteen foot high, I call them. <laughs> Cages, I think you called <laughs> a them. A nicer gates. word might be gates, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but these things were not like available to the students to open or close. They were right. partitions, right? They were they yeah. were and they were set up to be easily de- deployed uh, and to right. keep the students on one side Contained. or on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it just, I mean, you telling this makes me think about that hallway and, and think, because I, I, I think about that seam in the floor where it would come down and latch. And yeah. I, I would always look at that and think about it. <laughs> but, but the, yeah, that that's that's like the, the overall sense of what you were supposed to do as, a, you know, as, as the pep rally centuries, you were supposed to enforce order. And you're always constantly, it's like short, it's 25, 30 minutes, right? But you're yeah, making right. constant judgments about is this behavior acceptable right. or not? Yeah, and Threat it's sort levels. of like when yeah, and, and you, you, it's like when you're talking about how the students always like to go in and sit. Like this first students in like to come in, and it's the same thing every time. They like to sit in the front, and then yeah. you have to tell them to go to the back. <laughs> It's, right, like, yeah. it's like we do this every right. time, guys. Right. And then there's some some students who are aiming aiming for the top back rows because they know that's where they'll be least visible, you know, right. to commit right. whatever so transgressive that, acts <laughs> that, they're, yeah. that they're planning to so, commit. So, and I think there's always this, like, there, those front, those students that fill at the front, like, there's a point where you lose control of moving them back. Because, like, yeah. the first few come in, they're sort of sacrificial, right? Yeah. They, they're going to get moved to the back because you have enough authority to do that. But then, like, suddenly right. there'll be, like, 10 that come in and sit down, and then there'll be something going on behind you, and you got to deal right. with that. And when you turn back <laughs> around, there's 100, and you're like, oh, right. God. And it's yeah. like, there goes that. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. It just reminded me of another duty, which was to tell them to move down, right? Because they would want to, you know, they had to scoot all the way, you know, down the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah. You got to scoot all the way in so we have yeah. maximum seat numbers. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of, yeah, crowd control. And there were four, I think there were four of us on, on that side, which would be a ratio of probably one teacher to 250 students. I mean, it, it would <laughs> right. be a really yeah. high. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. It's, Tough but you know ratio. something positive something really positive started happening to me during my tenure as a as a pep rally you know century was that I you know some I, I don't this also coincided to some extent with my changing relationship with the students in my classes and the fact that I had I had built up you know like a large percentage of this of the school had been students of mine you know at a certain point 
right. over the years. You know, over the course of a few years where I was teaching sophomores and, and juniors, uh, it got to the point where a lot of those students knew me, right? And I knew them. And this had a, like a really positive impact because when those students would start coming in, they would I would also be saying hi to them, you know, and, and they would be kind of excited right. to see, you know, like happy to see me there, right? Right. And I also tried not to be too much of a jerk to them in the sure. doing in the crowd control duties and like one really nice kind of uh, ritual that started was that as a lot of the students would come up the stairs and I would be motioning them to go keep going up they started shaking my hand right oh yeah so, that's nice yeah wow. so the pep rally for me a lot of and it, this was really positive and enjoyable and this led to us being you know being inspired with an idea later on but what I realized is that like this was a touch point right, right. you know going back to, to that the speech from the principal at the beginning of the year and and like I realized that this relationship that I had with a lot of these students made this the crowd control job much easier and and even right. almost positive to you know to a certain extent so i you know well, there's a lot and, of handshaking yeah 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 and it's like that's a tricky thing though right it's it's to to have a student good student relationship within the classroom and for that yeah. to transcend the dynamic of the classroom where you're seeing the students with with their <laughs> their normal friends Right. Right. Uh, right. The ones that they eat lunch with and thing and go to the pep rally with. Like that's a yeah, that's that's going to that's huge to have them, you know, going out of the way to to say hi to you. Right. Right. It it makes me think that. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it has a positive effect on even those that, that don't know you, right? right because they see right, exactly. all these other students interacting with you in a positive way, and then they suddenly have a, a positive perception of you as well. Right. And I think like you, you for sure had a better advantage on this because while I taught like the general population, also like half of my classes were, were GT classes and yeah. the gifted and talented students tended to figure out other ways around pretty much anything that... <laughs> there was, yeah. there, there wasn't a. I, I was not as well represented in the general population of teachers. Right. A lot of your students were performing in the pep rally, as you know. Right. As far as I remember. Right. They, yeah. yeah. Like there are a ton of them that were on the band side. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, plenty that were in student council, and student council, as we know, was usually doing something or another. And I tried to skip many a pep rally duty to say that the student council needed my help. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that or or they would just go to the holding rooms, right? They're yeah. not interested. And so, very small percentage of my students who knew me really well would show up. And then yeah. I had a I had a much less much less impact on the general population of students. The ones that I had, I, I had, and we did fine, but but I don't think I ever transcended like you did by getting to that critical mass of number of students who <laughs> right. had me. Right. 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 Yeah, I would say there's there were times where I probably knew all right, you know, maybe close to fifty percent of the students were ones that were either currently yeah. in my class or had been in my class. Right, right. Yeah. And it was really yeah, it was it was really advantageous. And and I think you and I, you know, we talked about this after the touch points presentation during that, that year and we, we thought about, you know, <laughs> like kind of naively I'll just, you know, foreshadow <laughs> with that, is that you know, what an what an opportunity this is for touch points between the teachers and the students, right? That right. all those teachers gathered down there in this in this mass of, you know, adults, uh, th- like not sitting in the bleachers, basically, you know, just all standing down at the bottom near the the entrance. What if they all sat down? What if they all took a seat, right, <laughs> right in the bleachers? What if they all went into the stands and spread out. Yeah, and we'd have like a ten to one ratio, and right? <laughs> and not even as as not even as enforcers or sentries, but just because they're there to watch the pep rally, just like the students right. are. Yeah, right. They seem to want. To watch the pep rally, and they're in the worst right. possible position to watch <laughs> right. it. Yeah, right. So it it seemed like even you know just pointing out this absurdity of the current the current way that it was organized would be enough to have the teachers and the students mixed together, which would result in lots of positive interaction potentially. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, we, we we talked about this, and we thought you know it's perfect. It's it's exactly this <laughs> yeah. vision of of touch points. Yeah, this is application of touch point theory. Right. Exactly. And it it didn't seem to be the kind of thing that would be such really a hard sell to the teachers to say, hey guys, you know, instead of standing over there, for example, if the principal was saying it, let's do this. Let's see. Let's see what effect this might have. What kind of positive effect this might have if all of you have a seat in the bleachers right, right. amongst the students just <laughs> you can sit together you know with your pal your buddy
study teacher or whatever, you know, for safety. But it shouldn't be like all <laughs> dozens of teachers packed together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we kind of concocted a proposal that we decided to present to the principal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and my memory is that we were laughed out of the room, but I think you remember it a little <laughs> <laughs> Gentler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember being laughed out of the room. <laughs> I just, I he was it. always laughing. And so I remember associating <laughs> the total rejection with laughter and me getting up with the hangdog uh, <laughs> posture and walking out. <laughs> That's my memory. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember we, I think we emailed him, one of us emailed him or, you know, just said, hey, we have an idea, you know, we'd like to meet with you and talk about it. Uh, and he agreed. And so we, we had a, you know, made an appointment and then we went to talk to him and presented this idea. And yeah, I don't even remember if he said anything like, yeah, that's a good idea or something like in theory. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I don't remember to what extent. Maybe he, you know, he might have. He might have given us a pat on the back for, you know, like thinking about what he said, <laughs> you know, and trying right. to apply it. <laughs> right. This is just a day or two after the big speech. It's before any pep rallies for the year. So was it? it okay. Was yeah. Yeah. Right. It was, okay. it was during professional development prior to the school year starting. You know what? It probably. So. Yeah. Yeah. See, I didn't remember that. I thought it was after pep rallies had already begun. But you're right. It's probably after we received our assignments. It was after the assignments and it was after yeah. a year of already having done that. Right. Yeah. 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 So we thought, hey, this is great. It's already something he just talked about. You know, it's something that there's a concrete application of it. And yeah, but I, I know that he definitely didn't think it was a good idea from the point of not that he didn't think it was a good idea for teachers to mingle with the students in the stands. But I think the he rejected the idea of suggesting that to the teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which I understand more. Yeah, now. <laughs> right. Yeah, he didn't want to. Yeah, spend his. I think his leadership capital <laughs> on that right. initiative. Maybe is, is one right. Exactly. It. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it was all friendly. So I, I don't think. And I think what what was probably missed, and, and the reason I. <laughs> The reason I have such a negative memory of it is that, like, we were asking for this not just because it was a good theory, but because we wanted some help. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, the prospect, and this happens so many times with, with certain situations in teaching, is, is like the prospect of whatever sentence you get with a class or with a, a yeah. some sort of duty, it's depressing. And it like, it really right. takes a lot out of you. It takes right. the, the, you know, you go into teaching for a reason and then, yeah, sometimes it's this, the classroom dynamic is tough and turns you off, but you generally learn how to deal with that if you're committed to right. teaching. But right. then there's these other things that are just like, they just pile on and they right. just, yeah. They become fixtures of your life, and you right. either embrace it as part of teaching or you get upset about it and right, resentful. Yeah. <laughs> and I was resentful. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Because you know what? It's because you're aware of what, why you're you're being assigned. Like, why? What is the need for someone to be assigned to this? Right, right. right. It's it's out of this this perception of the students as an unruly mob. Right. right? And, and and so, like, when you get assigned to that duty, you, you realize that this is how the school sees the students. This is how they want to deal with the students. And you're the one <laughs> who's being given this responsibility to deal with the students in that way. Now, you could be more savvy about it by whatever, develop your skills to do crowd control without direct confrontation. You know, like, you can get more skillful at it and make it a little yeah. more, make it easier that way. But still, there's just the brute fact of, of why you're there. And there were other things that communicated this. Like, from what I remember, it was all male teachers who were assigned it was all males yeah yeah, yeah. I, which already yeah, tells you I, something that that your your it's your presence as a male <laughs> as an as an, some sort of authority is is what's needed there right that was the thinking i mean it was all like exactly according to like traditional stereotypes of <laughs> right of, of what you you know what you do when you have an unruly mob is you try to get the police enforcers and the right. more, more yeah. intimidating the better. And right. yeah. yeah. And it all felt like it all felt out of out of place for me. And and I think I was I mean, you had obviously a much better situation for you. I, I think just because you have a healthier mental attitude about learning from <laughs> things. You don't learn a lot when you're just resentful. I was impacted by this and and mad. I mean I did it the one year and then then I was just mad that yeah. next year when Right. And so I was just like, I was figuring out what 
how far can I go? How far can I ignore things and yeah, just yeah. and just do this job of standing here um, right. and being in this presence? And I, I think it was, you know, I, I, <laughs> I let some stuff go. I would, uh, <laughs> right. I, I did. I think I worked mainly on my look, my my stare, my stare down <laughs> that year. Yeah, because I just yeah. got tired of trying to yell. Yeah, so. yeah, yelling was useless in that situation. Yeah, and then, but like the the problem with the stare down is it's so easily ignored. Like you can see the right. student seeing you and wanting <laughs> right. you, you know, they they know they that you want them to look that way so that you can stare them down and correct them. But as long as they don't look, <laughs> they, <laughs> right, yeah. they're, they're right, free free to continue on with whatever shenanigans and right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's an interesting human experience i guess right it's just it's not one i ever signed up for <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's like far right. from what from what i signed up for right yeah it's like if you say you get hired teaching at a prison right teaching classes <laughs> at a prison and then they're like hey you know we need you to patrol you know be the guard on this certain prison block right for right. an hour a day right <laughs> Just like, well, I'm a teacher. <laughs> right. Well, and I think it's it's frustrating because you already respond to like emergencies that come up. You know, yeah. things come up and you got to respond to that as just like the, the person who's like protects the right. <laughs> the, the youth. Right. And so, right. but this is like, oh, we're going to like plan it out and <laughs> we're going to put everyone in this like the most difficult situation where we're extracting yeah. the maximum amount of energy controlled i guess energy from the students and utilizing the minimum force of adults to make sure things don't break out into chaos uh, right it's, yeah. it's, it seemed like a very strange calculation right and and i remember what was striking about the the principal's response to our proposal his denial or rejection of our, our proposal was that he he gave the example of he said can you imagine me telling so and so teacher to yeah sit in the bleachers with the students. <laughs> and it was, you know, like a sort of old, not old, or, you know, not elderly yeah. or anything he, like that. He referred like to an, an old, older lady. Yeah. An older lady. Yeah. And she taught like a kind of niche subject that didn't require her to, to interact with, you know, sort of more general populations of, of students. Right. And, and, and she'd been there for, she'd been there for like 35 years. Yeah. But I thought, you know, thinking back on that, like when he said that, he said it, you know, he's so charismatic, you know, he said it so convincingly that I was like, yeah, of course, you know, that. Right. That's great. We're, what's wrong with us? <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with us? But now that I think about it, I'm like, what's so crazy about that? Like, what's so absurd? Right. Like, what, what really what it is is now I, what I give him credit for is I think he he did did have a pretty good understanding of the psychology of the teachers. Right. Right. And and so I think he was right in that way. He's probably making a correct assessment. But what does that say about the psychology of the teachers? Right. That and what does it say that, about what you think of the psychology of the students in mass? Right. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it just it shows that there's something going on here that makes something that should be so natural makes it seem absurd to expect. You know what would otherwise be a perfect application, like an ideal application of this idea. You know, of this strategy of of touch points has to be rejected just on the grounds that teachers will resent it. Basically, that's what it comes down to. Right. You'd rather have four or five teachers resenting being pepper rally centuries than have like all the teachers resenting being asked <laughs> to sit amongst the students <laughs> you know yeah. not even without with the this and this was the beauty of this to us was that if we if teachers would do this there would be no need for centuries anymore yeah no one would have to be specifically designated to enforce things because it would be under the, on the understanding that just the general presence of the teachers in a positive way amongst the students itself would would take care of any problems. Right. We were a lot more optimistic about how students would just be if there's more teachers around. Right. Uh, right. And and we thought that it would potentially increase. And I think this was coming from what you were saying is is that like there there's actually a potential positive here. Uh, which you were able to see more clearly than I could. And yeah, there was a lot of teachers who, if they'd gone into the stands, I think just their mere presence would have. It's not that all the shenanigans would stop, but a lot of them would have. <laughs> I mean, just, just yeah. no one would have right. had to say anything. Um, right. So right. I, I'm convinced still, <laughs> like I'm convinced <laughs> that this this is right. And sorry, any teachers who... <laughs> 
<laughs> you you're enjoying your cush life in the in the entry hallway. I hope some administrator hears this and tries it out and forces everybody into the stands because that's the community yeah. that 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 we're in is with the community with students with young people. Exactly. Like that's the point is no one should have to be forced. I'm saying for somebody someone like me who I wanted to be in my classroom with all, with the students who didn't want to attend the pep rally because the whole pep rally atmosphere the the sensory overload of it is not is is repellent to me <laughs> just as you know as just my personality. So, I'm not the kind, you know, who should be going into the stands and sitting, but those those teachers, plenty of those teachers I think liked the pep rally. They enjoyed being there and so yeah. like what yeah. should be the barrier for them to to be sitting anyway like you know it's <laughs> i used to like the pep rallies until i was a, a century and i didn't yeah. i mean it was it was too loud right i mean there's no doubt yeah. about it the the sensory overload was pretty intense but it was you know it was really fun to see uh, everybody uh, getting excited about the game and you yeah know, it's just part of part of the culture right and so right. to participate in that even if even if it is a little bit i don't know it's it's really base in some ways right like yeah but god i don't know maybe i should stop commenting i'm gonna go too far down the texas culture of football <laughs> yeah path. yeah there's a lot of if we wanted to yeah analyze that there's that's a whole <laughs> that's another topic episode. in itself yeah. yeah yeah but basically you know we thought that this like is yeah i don't know how much to keep analyzing it or where we should go from here sean what do you think yeah i mean it's this has turned into the pep rally episode right <laughs> yeah which i, I mean I, I knew we were gonna focus in on the touch point conversation and you know i keep wanting to do this in a way where we because we've talked about calling up this principal to see if he wants to be on this show sometime yeah and so i'm trying to, right. <laughs> i'm trying to think about okay what can we say to <laughs> to make all of it so that he'll agree to come on the show someday. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or did we yeah. blow it? Is it done? Like it's <laughs> No, I don't, that th- yeah, I, don't, I don't I don't think so. But yeah, I'm not thinking that strategically. <laughs> but no, I don't think we've said anything that's, you know, insulting or, or even well, that yeah, critical. It's, it, it's we're like, I, you know, my, my point isn't about like, yeah, like the principal's decision or the teachers, you know, the behavior of all the teachers. It's not really about that. It's about the system. Again, it's about the institution because I think it's not like these teachers didn't like students, right? It's not like the principal didn't think it was a good idea for the teachers to sit there with the students. And it's it's not like the principal invented this kind of pep rally. This is something he inherited from decades of pep rally. Yes. Emergent culture. Right. Right. Exactly. So the whole situation is is just full of, of dynamics and and conditions that that it's like everyone everyone's behavior and decision making is is just bound and limited by those things right right like to me it's it's really it's just a really it's an example of how the institution and the relationships set up between the students and the teachers and the administration and the expectations that are there the prejudices biases that are there they all combine to paralyze people limit them from doing things that are that make a lot of sense you know right. and are really beneficial and and that that's, yeah, for me, that's one of the most frustrating things is is when, and this is not just for big public high schools. In, in my opinion, this is something that any institution, however small, can get into. It's just a matter of how, you know, what we refer to as the institutional ego, how much it sees its own practices and, and interests, however those have been defined, as being essential, like the maintenance of those as being essential in some way. And it just really limits the fulfillment of the actual purpose of that institution. And this right. is this is just a really salient example for me and really what makes it so poignant <laughs> dramatic you know whatever so we you know the way we sold it the the reason why I I feel that way about it is because of that contrast between what I think was our sort of naivety going into this and having this proposal and like this was something like going out of my comfort zone and I think yours too is like having this proposal and going to the principal and saying, "Hey, let's do this as a school." Yeah, it's not like something totally that you know. It's totally out of character for us, yeah, <laughs> right? Kind at of that out point. of our lane. 
too. Right, out of our lane. We were just so focused on our classrooms, you know, what we were doing in our classrooms. So it just shows how inspired we were. Probably, you know, a lot of the inspiration was just the resentment of (laughs) being assigned this duty. But I think we really believed that this was, you know, a positive thing. And then... Yeah, we were trying to make a positive solution before getting into the grind. Right, right. And then for the result to be, it's just so disappointing on so many levels that I I think it's not a reason to, you know, say, well, I don't think I want to teach here anymore or be a part of this or anything. That's way too dramatic of a reaction. But it is just like another thing that erodes your optimism about what can actually be accomplished in that system or that institution. Yeah. When you envision yourself as I did, as like teaching at that school for like 50 years or something, trying to break some sort of stupid record. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, there's things like that where you're like, you know what, this is going to be the same in 10 years and probably another 10 years. I mean, like it just, (laughs) you start to think in terms of like, well, there's this, uh, there's a pretty limited amount of things that uh, can evolve just within these classroom walls and everything else is going to be, is going to be institutional practice. Right. Right. Tradition, institutional, traditional practices. Right. Exactly. So, so on that note. And those things evolve. (laughs) Not to say they don't evolve, but they just sometimes they've sometimes are a thing that should really be explored and maybe undone by by force of of human effort. Right. Yeah, exactly. We're not saying they don't change. Right. But when they do change, what is that change based on? Right. If it's not based on on rational improvements, (laughs) you know, based on some principles and understanding the situation, if those changes can't take place, okay, some other changes will, but, you know, there's no reason to be optimistic about those changes either because they're just going to be arbitrary or based on some reaction, right, to some other kind of problem. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it really makes you pessimistic about the ability of institutions like that to to improve. Agreed. (laughs) Okay. All right, Sean. Well, this was a fun walk, fun and meaningful walk down memory lane of our teaching experience <laughs> together. And Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope our listeners also benefited from it, you know, and they can give us their, their feedback. This is a, these last two episodes have been kind of a change of pace where we're focusing a little, a little bit more on our, on some particular experiences that we had as teachers, but as we'll get back to, if, if you love institution. It, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. As agents of the institution and, and these things that have led us to, to, you know, having these perspectives on, on education. But for any listeners who are dying for more of the theoretical stuff, don't worry. I'm sure we'll have <laughs> we'll have plenty of that. And we have a listener who's asked for some constructive ideas in terms of what should a school look like practically, not just theoretically. And so we might we might be charged with with giving some specifics there. And I, I'm definitely interested in going down that path at some point. Yeah, actually, you know, I was I was thinking of maybe we should invite that listener on for an interview to find out more about you know their insights into that as well. All right. So so we can look forward to that another interview. Maybe we'll have to look at that and plan it. Also, any listeners out there, you know, this could be the, you know, if you want to become famous, then you can contact us. <laughs> and then we might just say, well, why don't you come on the podcast and, and talk about that with us? <laughs> yeah, but I hope that's not yeah, a deterrent. Well, <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to force I, anyone. I already if, feel if like the list thing. of people, yeah, the list of people is getting pretty long that we want to interview. And <laughs> we're, we're already doing poor service to some of the ideas that we have. But yes, yeah, sure. This is, I'm sure, a pathway to, to great fame, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Sean. It's been enjoyable. And thanks to our listeners for, for listening. And once again, please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and follow us on Twitter. It's really, it means a lot to us and it gives us a lot of energy and, and inspiration to, you know, to keep producing these. So any feedback that you can give, you can, on Twitter, we're at Unexamined Ed. On Instagram, we're at Unexamined Education. And our email is unexaminededucation at gmail.com. All right. Thank you, Sean. Looking forward to the next discussion. All right. Thanks, Sean.